Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here in the guest segment of the Common Sense Show, and you know where the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. We're going to be visiting with Jim Arroyo, someone who I know well. I've spoke to his group a number of times, and they have a tremendous group that we're going to give attention to, the Yavapai County, Yavapai County uh, Preparedness. Uh, and, and i got to tell you, they are catching national attention. We're going to note that, too. I just hope they get fair coverage, but if they don't, we'll take care of that on our end. But uh, before we join Jim, we've got to pay a couple of bills. And, you know, we do this up front, and we get the commercials out of the way up front for a reason because I don't like to interrupt the guests. But I will say this, too. We turn down 95% of all advertising that comes our way. I choose products and services I believe in, many of them I use, and I only choose them because I think you need them. And right now the dollar is in big trouble, big, big trouble. The uh, IMF has announced the dollar is going off as the world reserve currency. And with, what, 30-some trillion dollars in debt, not even counting the unfunded mandated liabilities, the dollar's days are numbered. I don't know if it's going to go next week, next month, next year, but the days are numbered. And if you got your money in the bank, that's where it's going to stay. Keep operating capital in the bank. Pay your bills. That's what we do, but go gold, silver, Bitcoin, gold-backed IRA, silver-backed IRA, because if your business fails, your IRA goes too. Now, who does all that for me? Well, I used to just be an advertiser for Noble Gold. Now I'm a customer. Why? Because I saw how many people they helped, and I called the owner, Colin Plume, and I said, Colin, I want you guys to look at what I do, and I, maybe I need some help. And he goes, Dave, you need a lot of help. And I said, well, then help me. And they did a couple of times over. And I rest easier at night knowing that when catastrophe comes, I'll be standing. Well, we'll take some hits, no question. So can Noble de Gold do that for you? You betcha. I want you to give them a call, 877-646-5347, 877-646-5347, or go to noblegoldinvestments.com. And one more word here from a sponsor that I think you need to pay attention to. Bill Gates is the biggest owner of farmland in America. If that doesn't scare you, you don't know Bill Gates. Everything he touched turns to you know what. And you do not, his, his middle name should be Depopulation Gates. And Gates of Hell, how about that? Because if we let the elite get their hooks into our food supply, and they're working towards that now with their taxation policies and so forth, and we won't get into the details here, but they're working to have an elite few control our food supply. Food will be used as a weapon. We're already seeing some food inflation, some food shortages small packages now that are reflective of food inflation well storable food is where it's at folks and i represent mps and i've tasted the food it's great it serves 2,000 calories per day they have 20 percent off the four-week package you go dave i need more than four weeks you're right you probably need two years but how do you get there you order in four-week increments and you'll save 20 percent each time that's the way you accumulate it more inexpensively 25-year shelf life ladies and gentlemen you got to step out of the way of this rolling freight train. So the food, preparewithdave.com, that's where you go. Well, like I said, Jim is up in Yavapai County, which is north of me. I live in the rural regions of northern Maricopa County. And I have ventured up to Chino Valley, where they're located, and they have the most prepared, awesome training and group I have ever seen. And uh, they have all kinds of contact information. We'll make sure we get that out in the course of the interview. But I asked Jim to come on, and I, with all that's going on, Donald Trump yesterday at the uh, CPAC, 
What did he say? Do you miss me yet? Biden's been in office now for a month, and the wheels are coming off the country. And it's up to these preparedness groups and also your local sheriffs to make sure that America holds together at the seams. Jim, welcome to the show. I can't wait to interview you about what's going on. But first of all, you had an experience where 60 Minutes visited you. Can we talk about that first? <clears throat> sure, no problem. Um, what had happened was after the January 6th fiasco at the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., I started getting calls from all over. I had the New York Times contacted me, the Wall Street Journal, and then CBS News, 60 Minutes. Yeah, BuzzFeed I just got off the phone with. Uh, he's done a couple of interviews with me, and I've invited him out to see our training. But I, I developed a good rapport with uh, Ashley Belly, who's the uh, producer um, for Sharon um, Alfonsi. And she started asking me about all the different things that went on in Washington, D.C. They were doing a story. And then I said, look, if you really want to know what we're about and the difference between us and National and those idiots that stormed the Capitol, why don't you come on out? And I invited them out to our meeting. And she says, you know, I'll talk to my producers about that and our editors. And within a very short amount of time, she calls me back and says, we're flying out. We want to interview you. We want to talk to your guys. We want to see what you're doing. So Ooh. they showed up, and we were there. We were there about 10 hours on Saturday with them and about nine hours on Sunday. And they came out, and you know how we do our breakout groups and before the main meeting. And they came out, and they filmed every single class that we were doing. And we did our medical team, our alternative medicine, our engineering, our commo team, um, and then the preparedness team. And we didn't let them do the security team because we had them already posted around the building providing security and protection for the meeting. And then we went around, let them talk to people and film what they were doing. And then they stayed to film the main meeting. So as you know, Dave, my meetings are all videotaped now. So if anybody wants to know what was said during that meeting specifically, Janet will have it up online probably by tonight, if not tomorrow latest, and then you can watch it. But they filmed the whole thing. And then at the end, rather than leaving, they had wanted a younger person to interview because we're an older group up here. And one of my younger combat veterans was on security, and he's a really well-spoken guy, real sharp, good-looking guy. And we talked to Ashley and said, how would you like to interview Joshua? And they said, yeah, absolutely. So they stayed late, and they interviewed him independently. And then the next day on Saturday, on Sunday, um, we had three people we'd chosen. They asked for about eight people, um, and they did phone interviews, and they chose the three they wanted to talk to. And they set up a, a, a scenario with three of them in chairs next to each other. And then uh, Sharon was in the other chair, and they have all these cameras. And I'll tell you what, I was never so impressed with <laughs> camera equipment and electronics and sound and lighting. It was unbelievable the way these guys set this up. And they went ahead and interviewed them. <clears throat> now get this, this interview lasted an hour and 45 minutes. She asked so many questions. It was unbelievable. And, of course, a lot of the questions kept coming back to, uh, you know, what happened in Washington, D.C., and why are we still part of Oath Keepers? Why don't we just break away and, and just do Yavapai County Preparedness Team? And, 
and all that. And then, uh, so after that was over with, um, then they broke down the setup and set it up for me. And I was the last to go. And I guess my interview lasted, what, an hour, hour and 20 minutes or so. And <clears throat> this way, Sharon had a one-on-one with the leader of the largest active group in the United States. And it was, it was hard-hitting. She didn't pull any punches. And, you know, I told her, I said, you ask me anything you want, you're going to get a straight answer, no BS, and no fluff. And that, that went exceptionally well. So they packed up after they were done. Sharon flew out the next day, and, uh, you know, there we are. So 60 Minutes is going to break this loose probably end of March, beginning of April latest. Oh, you're going to have to let me know. I'll be glued to the TV because I don't oh, watch yeah, mainstream absolutely. media, but I will for this. Um, I, I'm concerned, and I always want to assume good intentions, but let me tell you my brush with the New York Times, Jim, as a point of reference, and I'm hoping this doesn't happen to you. I had a man call me about oh, 10 days before the 2016 election, and the first words out of his mouth, is this Dave Hodges? Yes. And he said, this is so-and-so from the New York Times. And I said, how'd you get my number? And it's okay, you called me, but how'd you get my number? And I never got a straight answer. And then he says, I want to interview you in depth. And he said, uh, can, can you do Skype? And I said, sure, be happy to. So we set up a time in two days. He calls me back, and I smell a rat right away. The first question he asked me was, do you still support violence in the streets if Trump doesn't win? And I said, and I said, I have never supported violence in the streets for an election. I said, we have legal recourse, we have the courts, and and I said, and we have public opinion. But I said, I don't advocate for violence. And and you know me, Jim, I never have advocated for violence. Right. Self defense. No, <laughs> yeah, self defense is one thing. And so we're kind of getting off to the wrong start. And I go through and I answer all these questions and they're kind of tainted towards, you're trying to paint me as a wild-eyed radical. At the time, I was teaching um, college classes in the morning at a high school and I was teaching at a university and I was teaching psychology, research, and stat. So it wasn't like I'm a lowlife that just walked in off the street. And, right. and I even told him, I said, let's pause this for a second. I said, I don't feel you're treating me with the respect as a professional I deserve. You're talking down to me. And so I had to correct him on that. And I didn't expect him to flatter me, but but he was talking to me like I was some ignorant person from the streets that didn't know anything. And at the end of the interview, I said to him, I appreciate your time. I hope you're fair. But I said, just in case you misquote me egregiously, I said, you need to know I taped every word. And I said, some people don't have the means to sue the New York Times. I said, I and my supporters do. And I said, if you're fair in the interview, I'll air it. I'll put it on my website. I said, if you're egregious, you'll be hearing from an, from an attorney. They never ran it. They were shocked. Wow. He, he said, why did you have to record it? Now, I got set up by the Russian media the same way, and I won't tell the story, but uh, Russia, uh, gosh, Voice of Russia is what it was called. Now it's called something else. But they did the, something very similar to me, and I was ready for them. And... Um, what I'm telling you is the fact that they did linkage between your group, which is totally nonviolent, all about community preparedness, all about helping a community get through hard times, and they wanted to link this to wild-eyed, crazy people, most of them Antifa, 
breaking down the gates to get on the Capitol grounds, which no reasonable people would people would support. The fact that right. they started with that concerns me about where they're going. Are you concerned too? Um, after a few lengthy interviews prior to the event and after talking to the producers, and of course when they told us that it was Sharon Alfonsi doing the interview, you know, had it been, uh, you know, Diane Sawyer, I'd have said no way in hell, but uh, it wasn't. And I went and looked at some of her videos on CBS News 60 Minutes, and they're all human interests. They're not hit pieces. They're human interest stories. She does, she does very good work. So we agreed if she was going to be the one doing the interviews that we would do this. Um, I'm not too concerned about it at this point because – we have a large enough reputation out there. People have seen our videos of our meetings. They've seen my videos I've produced through Prescott E-News and some of my own videos I've produced. So our reputation is solid. We're in good with our law enforcement, our local community, our government. Um, I'm not too concerned. Um, yeah, they could take and twist it around if they wanted to, but I, I have a very good feeling. I mean, Janet and I prayed about this heavily. We thought about it. We're planning a strategy. Um, it went perfect with the interviews. Um, my people answered questions absolutely perfect. Um, it's going to be impressive. And one thing they did let us do, we videotaped the interviews. So we have it for record. And they authorized <laughs> us to do it. You know, we had to do a disclaimer. We can't publish it. But if in the event somebody, you know, does the, a hatchet job on us, we've got what we actually said and how it was said. Yeah, you have legal recourse that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, well, that's good. The, the only thing I would say that I'd be concerned about, the people might have come there and said, these are just average Americans serving their community, which is what you do, and we're going to get into that here in this interview. But right. um, you guys are service-oriented. You're not anti-this oriented, anti-that oriented. You're about no, supporting the all. Constitution, supporting your law enforcement, and helping people be prepared. That's your mission, and it's really clear. And I bet you won those people over because of who you guys are. That doesn't mean the people behind the scenes that'll make the decisions won't splice and dice. I just, like I said, I can't wait to see how this turns out. I hope it turns out well. Yeah, we do too. You know, we have no control over it. It's in God's hands right now. Um, we put a, our best foot forward. We showed who we are and what we are. Um, we developed a good rapport with, in fact, uh, uh, Sharon is from Texas, so she knows what's going on there and, and we, we told him, look, and we gave her information on how to get better prepared and help her family and such. And, and our, our preparedness team leader is going to send her all of his articles and documents that he's done on how to get prepared. So, yeah, we, we really, really hit home with these folks. And, you know, they're not big, hairy, knuckle-dragging monsters or anything. They're just people doing a job. Yeah, they may be liberals, but, you know, our job is to also win hearts and minds. Sure. And you, you can't win hearts and minds unless you put yourself forward and get out there and show them what you're doing. And a lot of our members didn't want to come. They were afraid of the media. They didn't want to be filmed and all of this. And I'm thinking, you know, if you're afraid of this, what are you going to do when the Russians and the Chinese get here? <laughs> <laughs> Think yeah. about it. You know, they sent three women from New York. They're not knuckle-dragging hairy monsters going to chew on you. They're just people. Let's show them who we are. This was an opportunity of a lifetime. This doesn't happen very often. No, I, I, you were right to take the chance the same way I took the chance. Yeah. And, and you were right to do so. I hope you have a better outcome than I did. I'm sure you will. But the, the thing that concerns me is this, and these people may be the exception to the rule, 
But with the mainstream media now, if you say, yes, I voted for Donald Trump, racist, white supremacist, yeah. um, you hate yeah. gays, you hate this, you hate that. And I said, why? Because you voted for Trump. <laughs> I mean, this yeah. is the nonsense that's out there now with the liberals. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And had this been CNN or MSNBC, we would have said, no, no way we've done an interview with you guys. But this Speak. was different. We did our homework. We did our due diligence. You know, we researched this out before we made the decision. You know, we're not complete babes in the woods here. You know, we're, we're, we're pretty savvy at, at what we do. We've been at this a long time. I've got a lot of experience in this field. So I absolutely was not concerned about it. And I, I think it's going to be a good thing. One way or another, as we've talked to our people, you know, if they, even if they did a hit job, we'll grow in numbers because of it. But if they do the right thing, we will explode in membership. And there's something big coming on the horizon. Did they bring, uh, how prominent in the interview was the gun issue? Um, they asked a few questions about the training we do and do we go out in the woods and do this and that. And we said, look, our security team, trains with firearms because that's part of our uh, security detail, but we also do events for uh, dignitaries, and we, we did the personal protection detail work for Sheriff Joe Arpaio when he was running, and then they did ask about the event in Prescott um, with the Black Lives Matter rally, and we said we were there to back up our law enforcement. So yeah, we train with firearms to be proficient, but you have to understand that the vast majority of our security detail are former military and law enforcement and special operations guys. You know, we're trained professionals. We know what we're doing. We teach this stuff. So the fact that we train is to keep our skills set up. But And then she even asked, you know, are, are you guys going to go to the state capitol and try to take over the state capitol? Oh and I my said, gosh. no. We, we tell people, don't even go down to these rallies. It's not worth it. It always turns out with a problem, especially in Phoenix, because Antifa and BLM are going to show up in Phoenix, and it's always a crap show. So we tell our people, don't go to these things. And in fact, we told our people, don't go to Washington, D.C. I don't care that Stuart Rhodes put out a call to action. Don't go. It's not going to be good. And we were right. We knew exactly this thing was going to turn sideways. For my money, this is just Dave Hodges speaking for Dave Hodges. But the whole thing was a setup. The most, the vast majority of people that went there went there for the right reasons, to show their disdain with a stolen election, but they had no intention of going on Capitol grounds. Correct. And uh, most people did not do that. And I'm satisfied these were the works of subversive groups. And I think there were some good people who might get caught up in the emotion, but but uh, yeah, it, it was a setup. There, there's no question in my mind. And that bothers me that they asked you that question. But it, it is what it is. You have to remember that the mainstream media, anybody that owns a, um, a water pistol is a criminal now. They, they, they want nothing to do with guns. Nothing. Right. And, you know, I, I'd like to ask them a question. I think I might have asked them this. Do you know there were 16 genocides in the 20th century as studied by the University of Hawaii Democide Project? And do you know every one of them was preceded by gun confiscation? Does that bother you? Yeah. That, that's point. what I would like to have Absolutely. asked them. Yeah. <laughs> so so it sounds like they tried to be amicable. Um, and and um, But, yeah, we'll have to see. Boy, we're going to yeah. really call it. When you get a date for the airing, let me know, and I'll put it out there, too, so, so people can watch us live. 
Okay, I will do that, and we'll put it out on our new website, and we'll put it out on all our social media, and everybody can go and watch the Boogeyman tear up Jim and Janet's organization. But I don't think that's the way this is going to go down. I think this is going to surprise some people. Yeah, I'm. I, I, well, it, it, to me, I, I know your operation, and I know what your purposes are. And if they spent any time objectively looking at what you do, it's nothing about getting ready for the Civil War. It's about how we help our community deal with difficult times like what's going on in Texas. Yeah, exactly. In fact, that came up a lot, of course. And, you know, I'm, I'm public enemy number one out there because I mentioned the deal with Paul Gosar and the Civil War, and it's all over all kinds of media out there. But, you know, and she asked us, you know, you're training your people for Civil War. And I said, yeah, absolutely. But it's not what you think. We're not training our people to fight in a civil war. We are training them to get out of the way, to be prepared, to stay hunkered down, to Mm -hmm. stay out of the line of fire, and to avoid the problems. Let the military and law enforcement handle this. But when I say I'm training for civil war, it's to protect people who aren't capable of fighting in this kind of event. And it's a whole other strategy. But it always gets misconstrued because as soon as you say the words you're training your people for civil war, they try to make it sound like I'm training them to overthrow the government. And that's the furthest thing from the truth of what we're doing here. And anybody that's been anywhere near us knows that's all Bravo Sierra. So, yeah, it's not happening. So I had to explain it to them in detail, and she got it. You know, I could tell when I get through to these people, I've done a number of interviews. She got it. And now she understands. In fact, when they wanted to do the interviews originally, they said, look, you guys are taking a bad rap for what a few people did with Oath Keeper members in Washington. I said, yeah, absolutely. That, that's not us. So she wanted to tell the other side of the story. And what Sharon Alfonsi told me was that she's got family that are military and law enforcement. She gets it. But she wanted to see what the difference was and why we're part of national. And I, I think we did a good job explaining it. Um, all we can do is let them edit it, cut it up, and make their presentation, and we'll see what happens. If nothing else, we're going to get exposure, which is what we want. I, I think like Donald Trump, it's free advertising for me now. So. <laughs> I, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on that, and, and that's right. It's just a matter of framing it the right way, yeah. and I'm sure you guys will do that. And I know that... The media outlets that I'm familiar with, not just ours, but our friends and colleagues, will do the same thing. I mean, if I if I were to call Steve Quayle tomorrow and I'd say, hey, this is what happened to these guys, 60 Minutes tore them up. Uh, Steve, I want to send you some stuff. Will you put it out there? He would. So would Doug Hagman. So would yeah. Paul Preston. Uh, you know, all of us would cover this. So and we very much appreciate that, but I have a very positive sense about how good, that's good. Well, you guys do so much good for your community. And for people who may not have heard us speak before, like on our television side, which is a totally different animal, um, tell people a little bit about the community service attitude that you have, because you're not marching up and down practicing to take Hill 256 away from the communists who've overthrown our government. You're simply trying to help your community. Tell tell people how you do that. Right, and it's very simple. I mean, we we train for any and all natural and man-made disasters. And the natural disasters are your common hurricanes, earthquakes, tornadoes, flooding, forest fires, things of this nature that people need to be prepared to survive any normal kind of a disaster. And even a minor disaster can be serious, 
if you're in a bad car accident, you've lost your job, um, any number of things can go wrong where preparedness is not about being some wild-eyed radical with an AR-15 and camouflage hiding in your basement waiting to fight the government. That's not what it's about. It's about training people to be prepared for any and all natural and man-made disasters and to be able to get through it to take care of themselves, their family, their neighbors, and their community. And then we get into the man-made disasters, which an economic collapse is the main one we war games. That can happen at any time. So how is your financial situation? I'm sure a lot of people lost money in 08, and everybody knew what happened then. So an economic collapse is not some conspiracy theory. These happen all the time. It's a cyclical economy that we have. It's supposed to do that. Then you get into the EMP attack on the power grid, which is back in the news again. Sean Hannity did a whole dissertation on, on, his, on his radio show. So they're talking about it again, and that can happen from any number of sources. Yeah, the Russians, the Chinese, the Pakistanis, the Indians, they can all pull that stunt. But what happens when Iran gets the bomb? And what happens when North Korea gets the bomb? They're both capable of launching an EMP super bomb, which sounds like this big, massive thing. <clears throat> it's really not. An EMP super bomb is only about 10 kilotons. It's where it's deployed. And if they deploy that at 300-mile altitude, dead center of the United States, they take out all of CONUS, all of southern Canada, and all of northern Mexico, which is all their industrial area. And it puts us back into the 1800s immediately. So we prep and train our people for that scenario. But then we went so far within the Avapai County team to war game out World War III, which is a big deal. We know things are unstable with Canada and Mexico because Chinese troops are staged in both areas. Chinese troops are scattered all over our country. And there's a lot of problems in the South China Sea. So it's not a, a stretch by any part of the imagination to say that you better be prepared for a World War III scenario. The government preps for it. The military preps for it. We'd better be prepared. And it'll help mitigate loss of life and property. And then the fourth scenario was my favorite, and this is the one I catch all, all the flack over, is civil unrest and civil war. And to say that there's not civil unrest in the United States, where literally, while I'm in this interview with 60 Minutes, Antifa was in Portland rioting and looting. So there, you can't say it's not happening. They're doing it all over the country. Uh, I even got an intel report through AMCON, American Contingency, which I'm a part of. And one of the gals lives up in Washington. And during the snowstorm, during the polar vortex, the snowstorm of, you know, a hundred-year snowstorm, Antifa went out on the streets and shoveled snow and piled it in front of the exit for the first responders, the police station and the firefighters, to keep them trapped so they couldn't get out and respond to calls. So That's, this is the type of thing they do. I mean, it's, it's insane. It is insane. Yeah, but we prep for civil unrest. But the Civil War scenario is, is very real, and all we do is war game and strategize and do threat assessment. The same way we were taught in the military and in law enforcement. We look at information. We say, okay, this could happen. This could happen. What happens if it does? How do we get out of the way? How do we keep our people safe? And we prepare for those scenarios. And when a civil war happens, they are the bloodiest and the nastiest of all wars. They are the worst-case scenario. And we're trying to tell our people that, look, we've already done it once. Most countries in the world have done it. It is nothing unusual but to 
to say that we're fomenting it or we're actually trying to teach our people to be involved in it and to, and to go and take over something or, or that we ask Paul Gosar to support us in our uh, acting in a civil war. It's ridiculous, and this is what we're hearing, and it's just nonsense. But that's what we do. Uh, we're here to train, prepare our people, and go from there. Let's let's talk about the. Uh, let me give you one scenario: the Kigali principles. I can see that if the country says, "Hell no, we're not going along with you, Biden, on this policy, that policy. We just won't pay our tax. We're not going to follow your rules. We're going to resist your gun confiscation. We're going to just say no to you." And they would say, "Okay, we'll show you." And they could use the Kigali principles and say, "Call in the communist Chinese under the banner of the UN." What have you taught your people about an occupation force coming on American soil? Uh, we have discussed that in detail, and that gets into a little more tricky of a scenario to deal with. And I, I'm pretty certain uh, a lot of our veterans that are still capable are not going to tolerate that for a split second, and that's just normal. We're going to prepare our people. We're going to teach them to get out of the way to not be involved in the fighting. Let the professionals handle it. If that was to be the scenario, um, I'm sure a lot of our veterans would be called back on active duty. And the government has contingency plans for all of this. The military has contingency plans. And they may even vary their planning from what an administration might be proving themselves to be, let's say, in bed with the communists. And that's not an unusual scenario either. So we're teaching our people that this is a scenario that is very likely and it's already being discussed and that we need to be prepared with food water weapons ammunition medical supplies shelter and communication and then we teach them how to use all of that stuff because they may be a participant whether they're willing to or not and that's all part of the scenario so you either get out of the way or you prepare to defend yourself and your family and who knows you know in a full-on you know, knock down, drag out global conflict, everybody gets to be involved in the game. And then you have no choice but to fight. So it's either, you know, live on your knees or die on your feet. And, and that's not advocating violence. That's saying, okay, a foreign government's going to occupy my country and commit, you know, and the way the Chinese and the Russians operate, it's not like us. You know, when we went into Iraq and Afghanistan, you know, yeah, our guys got themselves in a bit of trouble here or there. But that's not the way the Russians and the Chinese do business. They are brutal, and they don't play by Geneva Convention, and they don't care. They are there to occupy and devastate a community. And we got to be ready to deal with that outcome. It's that simple. Yeah, it really is. And you're right. The situations are too numerous to really have one plan, and the situations can be fluid. But I have said this, too. If we see the beginnings of occupation, that issue is going to be decided by people a lot higher than our pay grade. Oh, yeah, and I say that all the time. It's way above my pay grade. And, but word will filter down. You know, guys with a lot more stars on their collar than I have are going to make the decision. And then the word will filter down, and, you know, the veterans will come together, and we're going to protect our communities and do what we can. But it's, everybody's going to get to participate in this. And it's just like the, uh, in the movie Red Dawn, the original one. You know, why, why is Europe not involved in this? And, and Powers Booth said, well, I guess, uh, you know, twice in one century they decided to sit this one out. 
So basically the United States is going to host the party this time. And everybody's going to come here and tear everything up in our backyard this time. So we'd better be ready to deal with that. You know, I've been talking about communist Chinese troops that are a threat on this continent for a long time. And people have scoffed at that, and they still scoff today. But even the Canadian media has covered what's going on in British Columbia. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're building a training academy, for God's sake. Like, the Chinese really need this, right? Or, or they need to be there to do winter training. What, there's no snow in China? Let me tell you what they're doing, Dave. Anytime there's a pre-invasion strategy being set up, they start to train in the environment they're going to fight in. And they start moving in their troops to get them used to the, uh, not just the environment, but the atmosphere of the people and everything that goes along with it. And this is all, in my opinion, pre-invasion strategy. Same in Mexico, what's going on. But look at what they have. They've got ports in Mexico where they can bring in resupply and more troops. They've got ports on the Pacific Northwest. They've got ports all up and down the southern or the, the Pacific coast. So, you know, when we invaded Normandy, we had to get a, a foothold. That's why we took on Normandy. But what if the Chinese already had a foothold? They own the ports. They own the shipping. They've got the, the, the rail lines to bring their stuff in. It's all pre-staged. It's all ready to go. They don't have to do anything. Courtesy of uh, the Democrats in Long Beach Port. And now, exactly. now even Trudeau has said the Chinese have the right to come into our country and defend their interests. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's going to be the excuse because they have business interests all over the globe. So in their mind, they have the right to be there to defend it, but that's not what it's there for. It's for offensive purposes. Do you share the belief that when the Chinese come, they're not coming to to occupy, they're coming to exterminate? Um, I have read a report where now the belief is that the Chinese want to replace our entire population. Yes. And, and they're the only country on the globe that can pull that stunt. I reported, gosh, I don't know, years all run together, maybe two years ago, a leaked speech by Wee Fang, the current defense minister of China, to the CCP. And obviously all the Chinese didn't agree because they leaked the speech. And he right. said, he said that uh, definitely, he said, you know, we owe the United States because they saved us from Japan, but hey, loyalty goes so far. We won't make the mistake of Germany and Japan of having too many enemies. The U.S. is our only enemy. We're going to focus on replacing every person in the United States except the 12 million Chinese that are there, and we will get rid of all of them so we can have their resources, and only the United States has the resources we need to help our country survive. They plan on sending 300 million colonists. Yeah, exactly, and and they can do it. And, you know, their population is, what, 1.4 billion? So yeah. we're only doing them a favor because they're going to come here but when you think about it, it's not just the natural resources or the rare earth or a lot of the other things people think about. What they need is the food production capability. That's why Gates is buying up the farmland. That's why all these billionaire leftists are buying up the farmland. I don't care what resources you have in a country. There could be every gold and silver mine, copper mine, rare earth, whatever. But you've got to have food. That's the real commodity, and that's what they want, and they need to be able to feed their own population. And if they take over our farming capabilities, 
And, of course, the Chinese are the most resourceful people on planet Earth, bar none. They can take over and revamp our farmland, and they can produce enough food to feed the world if they wanted to. But certainly their country is going to be number one, and everybody else will be starved. Wow. This is pretty frightening stuff. You know, the same thing's going on in Mexico. I've got some good sources close to the AMLO government, and um, AMLO sided with Trump, and he is decidedly against the cartels, and the cartels are controlled by communist China, and right. uh, there's a, there are big battles right now that are going on in the northern provinces. Are you aware of those? Oh, yeah. This has been going on for, for decades, actually, but it's yeah. only in the recent years that the Chinese decided that uh, controlling the drug cartels and the drugs coming into this country, especially when the fentanyl is made by the Chinese, um, what a perfect plan. I mean, they have the capability. And, and let's face it, the drug cartels aren't afraid of anybody except the Chinese military. <laughs> so, you know, they could be wiped out in a heartbeat, so they have no choice. And the Chinese simply said, look, play ball with us. We'll cut you in on a piece of the action. But when it all goes down, you work for us, and you're going to be part of an invasion force. And it's a perfect plan. It's always been that way. And they're going to come across that border en masse, and all of these young, uh, you know, fighting-aged males that you see coming in these caravans, so-called, yeah, that's all being staged. They're bringing in their fighters now and getting them here. And when it comes time, they'll cut the orders, and that's it. They're going to go. Wow. Any estimate on how many CHICOMs are in North America? Um, <clears throat> you have to understand something about the Chinese that are here. There, there are millions of them here, of course. Not all of them are bad people. It's just like during the World War II with the Japanese. You know, a lot of the Japanese were very loyal to this country. They weren't part of Imperial Japan. But the Chinese that have come to this country by the, by the millions, that have infiltrated every university, the Confucius Institutes that are out there. This is all Chinese intelligence and Chinese military. And the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, controls everything. But there's a term a lot of people don't pay attention to. It's called the PLA. That's the People's Liberation Army. That's who controls everything. Everything is just like in the Russian society. It's controlled by the military. And these people are here to propagandize and infiltrate. And you know what's funny? I just was watching a video the other day, and it was a clip of John Kennedy during the early 60s when we were getting involved in the Vietnam War. And he said, we are not here to be concerned about invasion. What we're here to be concerned with is infiltration. And the communists decided it would be best to infiltrate every aspect of our society, everything, business, the military, uh, schools, educational systems, everything that you can think of, they penetrated. And the Chinese are doing the same things, only they're buying it because they have the money. And these Confucius Institutes are in most every university. They're going down into the high school level and the, the junior high and elementary school level so that they're being taught that you're going to go along with this program. And these kids don't understand what communism is and, and the evils that go along with it. They think they're going to be taken care of and be given free stuff. 
Well, Yuri Bezmenov clearly laid it out in his interview back in the 80s that these are the useful idiots that they will utilize, and when the Communist Party members get here with the real military troops, whether it be Russian or Chinese, all of their little sympathizers here in the United States are going to get whacked, every one of them. Every one of them. Do, do you think that means, I hate to be so graphic, but to go house to house? Uh, they won't even have to. They know where the people are that they need to get rid of.